0: "'extortioners, unjust, adulterers, "'or even like this tax collector. "'I fast twice a week. "'I give tithes of all that I get.' "'But the tax collector, standing far off, "'would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, "'but beat his breast, saying, "'God, be merciful to me, a sinner. "'I tell you, this man went down to his house justified "'rather than the other. "'For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled,' but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. One of the reasons why we love to talk about other people so much is that it makes us feel good. Let's not deny it. Talking about other people makes us feel good. You see, life gets pretty boring if we do not have a villain in our lives. Yes, seriously, think about all of the movies that we watch, all the books that we read. We must always have a bad guy for the stories to work, for it to be exciting. And unfortunately, the same is true for you and me. Yes, all of us here have this desire to collect enemies into our lives to feel good about ourselves. Take, for instance, the conversations that you've had with your spouse at home. All the conversations with the buddies over a cup of coffee. All the conversations with the other women on the phone. Consider what you post on social media, what you click like on, what animates you. You see, some of you, for your conversations, Joe Biden and the Democrats, they may be enemy number one. In other conversations, Donald Trump and those Republicans, they're the enemies. And if it isn't politics... Well, it's that church down the street, that liberal ELCA church down the street, or perhaps that youth church on the other side of town. And let us not forget those enemies at work. We all have them, right? Those enemies at work, and the family members that, well, they're difficult. Those difficult co-workers, those insane relatives. To the point, listen to your conversations with other people, and watch how excited that you and I get when we identify a common enemy, a bad guy, if you will, once that bad guy is identified, your heart rate will increase, your voice will get a little louder, a little more animated, you will sit taller, your hands maybe, and start moving as well, and then you will feel empowered. You'll feel empowered and bold as you talk about the common enemy together. Did you hear what Julie did the other day? Seriously? <laughs> oh, Julie. Can you believe what the president said the other day? Ha, huh, what a loser. That pastor, he did it again. Can you believe it, that pastor? Why is he so foolish? Doesn't he get it? If I were in charge, I wouldn't mess up as much. You know, I would never do something like that. When are people going to learn? You know, I told you so. I called it, but nobody listened to me. Now, dear friends, we must be perfectly clear that there are indeed times where we must call out enemies in the world. There are indeed enemies in the world. There are very, very bad people in this world that do very bad things that need to be avoided and need need to be fought against. I'm not denying that fact, that there are enemies in this world and that they need to be called out for what they are. However, the problem that we're addressing this morning right here and right now is when you and I grab a hold of a bunch of enemies and then we use these enemies to puff ourselves up. Now, do not deny this. Do not deny this at all. Every single one of us, you and me included, in this sanctuary, we do this all the time. We can't help it because it makes us feel so good. It's exactly what the Pharisee in our reading from the Gospel of Luke did as well. Listen to what he said. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that I'm not like these other people, these, these thieves and these rogues and these adulterers or that tax collector. Thank you that I'm not like them. You see, that Pharisee, he stood up with sinful pride and he saw only good in himself and only evil in those that he had mentioned. And so the point, again, is this. The Pharisee needed those bad people those enemies, to compare himself against them. They were bad. They were worse than him. So in comparison to him, he was doing quite well. He was doing quite well indeed. In fact, that prideful Pharisee, he recited this all out loud for his own self-satisfaction. We get the picture that he was saying this out loud, and as he said it, he actually rejoiced and felt good. Look at these bad people. I do all these good things. Ta-da, look at me. Indeed, it made him feel good. It made him feel right. So this begs the question this morning, who is your enemy? Indeed, who is your enemy? Who is my enemy? And when you think about your enemies, when you talk about your enemies, when you listen to media or podcasts about your enemies, do you lament with holy tears about your enemies, saying, God have mercy on my enemies for they know not what they are doing? Or do you have a perhaps maybe a righteous kind of anger knowing that your enemies are trapped knowing that your enemies are trapped and enslaved to deception this kind of righteous anger that wants to do something about it just to free them from the deception or or do you feel good about yourself that they're not like you and you're not like them that you are somehow better than them Do you shake your head with shame and disgust while letting pride come out of your mouth, saying, you know, I'm so glad that I'm not like them, those people? Can you imagine being like that? I can't. Dear friends, the spirit of the Pharisee, it runs deeply through our veins and deeply through this church, you and me together. None of us in this room, none of us in the sanctuary are innocent today. We love to have enemies because we love having enemies so that we can look better than them. And so we not only look better than them, but we also will then feel better than them. But in the end, we're not better than them. We're not better than our enemies, and we should certainly never feel better than them because we too are poor, miserable sinners just like them. You would think that we would not forget the words of the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans. In Romans chapter 3, he once said something to the effect, there is no one righteous, not even one, all have turned away. There is no one who does good, not even one, not even one. However, we forget this. And then we compare ourselves to our enemies, Then, instead of faith, instead of faith, our minds and souls they expand with ungodly pride take a look at our reading yet again though from the gospel of luke one more time but this time do not look at the pharisee do not look at that pharisee but look at that tax collector who does the tax collector compare himself to remember the pharisee compared himself to those adulterers and those rogues and those thieves and that tax collector but who does the tax collector compare himself to Better yet, who are the enemies of the tax collector? Well, it certainly was not the Pharisee, or even the thieves, or the rogues, or the adulterers. Again, who was the enemy? Who was the tax collector's bad guy, if you will? Now, prepare yourself yourself for the answer. Get this. The enemy of the tax collector was the tax collector. It was himself. You see, dear friends, this Christian faith does not allow you to grade yourself on a curve or on the basis of how other people are doing. That is to say, your righteousness is not based upon the sins that you have somehow managed to avoid in this life. Maybe it is true, maybe, maybe it's true that you have not been as bad as everyone else around you. Maybe you can indeed say, thank goodness, I'm not like those bad people over there. But nonetheless, mark this. Before God Almighty, you and I are still sinners in thought, word, and deed. Before God Almighty and His precious and His holy Ten Commandments alone, His perfect righteousness, we can only do one thing, and that is this. We can only beat our chest while saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner right here. Dear friends, this is why all of our Funeral services here at St. Paul's focus on Jesus and not the deceased. I don't mean to be crass, but the majority of the funerals that I've attended in North Dakota go the way of the Pharisee. You see, a typical North Dakota funeral with a typical North Dakota pastor props up the dead person while focusing on all the virtues and all the good that the dead person had done in this life. And the goal of these kind of funerals is, these Pharisee funerals, is to convince all the attendees that that dead person was better off than everyone else around him, which means that that dead person will end up in victorious heaven where all good people go, people who are not thieves and rogues and adulterers. Lord, have mercy on this kind of thinking. As one of your pastors, if I have the honor... To bury you to tuck you into your graves to tuck you into the comfort of jesus to await the resurrection by god's grace by god's grace i give you my word that i will not give you a pharisee funeral i will not give you a pharisee funeral where you will be propped up by me saying how good you were compared to everyone else around you i will not dishonor your faith i will not peddle a lie we will not peddle a lie We will not trample on the Son of God and His forgiveness of sins. Instead, you will be given a tax collector funeral, spoken of as a sinner. A sinner whom Christ suffered for, a sinner whom Christ died for, a sinner who Christ rose for. You'll be spoken of just like that tax collector, one who is at home, justified, not by your works, but justified by Christ, and Christ alone. You see, dear friends, you and I, We came to this world naked and helpless and sinful. And so all that we have been given in this life is a gift. All your labor cannot fulfill the demands of the law, and so why on earth should we act like something special, comparing ourselves to everyone else around us, when it is only Christ that matters? It's only Christ. And so baptized saints, your righteousness is found in Jesus, period, in Christ alone. And those neighbors that we often see as our enemies, get this, Christ's righteousness is for them too. And so in the end, it isn't you versus them or them versus you. There's no ranking, there's no comparing, there's no ladder, there's no teetering system. It isn't how you are doing in comparison to them either, but instead it is whether or not we are all forgiven sinners abiding in Christ's free forgiveness And his free gift of righteousness for us. And so, succinctly, baptized saints, we must repent of our Pharisee hearts, you and me together. For this is not who you are. Indeed, this is not who you are. You are not a Pharisee, but you are like that tax collector. You are a sinner who is justified neither by the sins you have avoided nor by the virtue that you have acquired, but you are justified by Jesus and Jesus alone, period. Jesus who justifies the ungodly, Christ Jesus, your Lord. And so we beat our chests, we confess our sins, and our hands are open to receive the righteousness given to you, given to me, as a free gift in Christ Jesus, so that we may know with certainty that we are justified by Christ and Christ alone. In the name of Jesus, the one who justifies you. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous Bright with thine own holiness Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org